Hello and welcome to our on-demand webinar, What to Look For, Individual Disability Insurance. Thank you for taking the time to view this today. Professional Insurance Programs, a division of WDA Insurance and Services Corp, has teamed up with David Dorley and the Guardian Life Insurance Company to bring you this exclusive webinar series. Continuing to share information, whether in-person or virtually, is a core component of our mission at WDA Insurance and Services Corp. Today, David Dorley, Director of Disability and a partner of Professional Insurance Programs, will be discussing individual disability insurance. He has 17 years experience working with individuals and is our specialist in the field. Thank you for the nice introduction, Marilyn. I really appreciate that and welcome everybody to the webinar, which is, uh, this is, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about, as you could imagine, being the Director of Disability, but um, wanted to share some insights uh, based on my experience and, and what's available in the market. Uh, certainly, Jake and his team's available to answer any more detailed questions, but let's dive into some of the basics as it relates to individual disability insurance. And so, uh, the first the first question in many cases as I uh, work with uh, advisors and and folks that are looking to uh, protect their income is to really examine and reflect on what is your most valuable asset. And so we generally are very open and actually required to purchase insurance on our home cars and in many cases. Uh, uh, other items in our lives, but for some reason we we and, and a lot of times it requires the discussion with an advisor to look at what is your largest asset. And for most professionals that are starting in their career, even professionals that have ten or fifteen years left in their career, it's usually their paycheck or their ability to earn an income. And so, as as we work with clients on this, it's it's very eye-opening to look at how much earnings somebody would generate throughout the course of their career. And so as we look at protecting our paycheck, it's a conversation that's, I think in many cases, eye-opening. Folks do not know how much their income is valued at. And so the most valuable asset, and, and what I would argue is the, not argue, but I, I would suggest the, the greatest financial threat is income going to zero. And so income going to zero can happen in three ways. You can either become sick or hurt, you can die, or you can lose your job or professional license. And so voluntarily income goes to zero when somebody chooses to retire that's basically permanent voluntary unemployment. And so while we're building our careers, building our businesses, working with clients to protect what's most important to them, protecting the income is, is really key. And so that's why it's my favorite topic. And it's also the foundation of everything that we're able to do in our lives. So how are we able to provide for our family? It's via our paycheck. And so as we look at the root of what really drives everything, what makes everything possible is our income. And so as we earn income, we have daily expenses. 
but we also have some surplus, hopefully. And so hopefully, I know it's hard to get that surplus sometimes, and we have to work hard at it to make sure that we put aside some money for future consumption. And so during our accumulation years, it's incredibly important to make sure that that paycheck continues to come. And so examining how to protect that income should something not go the way that we had hoped is extremely important. And so I, I encourage uh, all the participants certainly to reach out if they have questions to Jake. Uh, he's very good and clear at explaining how to look at this and presenting the different options that are available to you. And so during our accumulation years, we want to have that surplus go away, go away towards putting it aside for future consumption. And so the loss of the job, the death, the disability, these are the three ways that income goes to zero. The threats, there are no other ways. Um, and so I'd encourage you to reflect on this a little bit. How does income go to zero? What are the ways that income can go to zero? And I think when you do the little the reflection on this, that you'll find that there there are only three ways. And so that's that's the key. And so that's really where we start the foundational piece. The root of everything is our paychecks. And so what part of our daily expenses that our paycheck goes towards should we look at protecting? How would your lifestyle be affected? should your income go down by half or go down entirely to zero for a period of time? How would I pay the mortgage or rent, utilities, groceries? Mortgage, utilities, and groceries, we refer to in the disability world is as MUG, M-U-G. So mortgage, utilities, groceries, if we can even put in place enough protection to allow us to pay the mortgage utilities and provide groceries, then I think that's an incredible improvement over having nothing. And so our goal is to encourage people to examine how, how their lives would be affected or how their lifestyle would be affected and, and really reach out to Jake to examine what it would take to get some income protection greater than zero. And it may only be that you wanna cover your mortgage. It may be that you want to protect even more than that. So losing an income certainly does affect long-term plans, as mentioned here. And how would this type of occurrence affect your long-term plans? During a disability, if you're unable to work, the earnings stops. The expenses continue. And then we'll, we have what's called a deficit. So we have a deficit and that deficit has to be made up somewhere. So we have a loss of savings or wealth, which puts our goals at risk long-term. And so we wanna try to avoid that and place some protection in place for the event that our earnings were to stop. Okay. And so a lot of the objections to this type of discussion is, hey, it won't happen to me or it's unlikely to happen to me. And, and I would have to agree. So 25% of 20 year olds are likely to become severely sick or hurt prior to retirement. And so 
a lot of the objections are, I'm in a safe job, I drive carefully, I have safe hobbies, I'm really careful, the probability is low. Those are very common questions and, and objections. And, and, and we welcome those types of discussions because our goal is to make sure that whenever we do place some protection in place for somebody is that they're 100% bought into why they're doing what they're doing. And so we try to discuss not just the probability, but the consequences. So the probabilities are, are used as an, an objection. So it probably won't happen to you. And I would agree with that. It, the probability is lower than you being healthy throughout your career. But the consequences is really what we encourage people to think about. So what if it did occur and you needed your income still? And so the goal of disability is if, if, if you can't afford to live without your income, then we should protect your income. If you don't, if you have enough assets to not need your income, then you might not need disability income. So we encourage people to think about the consequences. How would it really affect you if today you were unable to go back to work for eight months or six months? And I'm sure many of us know people that have had to go through treatment for a period of time or had a procedure done that either took them out of work for a period of time or took them out of work for a period of time and then they were permanently slower or less productive at their job. And so thinking about consequences versus probabilities is certainly what we would encourage people to do. And the disabilities that we talk about or people think about is, is generally injuries or skiing accidents or items like that where the disabilities that we're seeing are, the vast majority of them are illnesses or progressive illnesses that take place over time. And so that sometimes is, is pretty eye-opening to people is that, wow, I didn't realize that that's what disability claims come from is sicknesses or illnesses. And a lot of times it's just taking a step back and having a, a, just a candid discussion with Jake on, hey, how would it affect me? He's certainly trained to have those discussions and would welcome those kind of conversations to help you. We also have group disability that's in place for many of our, our clients or folks that we work with where the employer provides a group disability plan. And some of you may or may not be covered by a group disability plan. My guess is that most are not, but if you are, group disability generally covers 60% of income and the pricing in those policies are not guaranteed, but it is very cost effective and we can use group disability in cases where somebody may not qualify due to medical history for individual disability. And so group disability is a good, it's, it's, a, it's a good option in certain situations, but it is a secondary option as it relates to or as compared to individual disability. So how else would you get by if you couldn't work? Spending your savings, borrowing money, and perhaps social security disability. So 
that's a lot of times what people think of. Well, I'd be covered by social security disability. And what I would encourage you to do is, is just Google the definition of social security disability qualification because it's it's a pretty stern definition to qualify for those benefits. So about 35% of people that apply for social security disability actually receive benefits and it does take a while. I'm not saying that it's not valid or not needed. It's just we we have to examine whether it can be relied upon or not for us. Family or friends perhaps would help out. But these are the realities of what people have to contemplate when they become sick or hurt and their paycheck no longer is coming to them. And so the missing piece where we can help is, is to examine the viability of an individual disability income policy. Individual disability cannot be canceled or modified once it's offered to somebody, and it can't be offset by any other sources of disability benefits, such as social security or group long-term disability, as discussed previously. And so the really nice thing about individual disabilities, we can really customize it. We can provide a, a policy that, that has all of the bells and whistles or very few of the bells and whistles that you may or may not want. And the policy is individually owned. So it's a contract between the insured and the insurance company that cannot be canceled or changed once it's received. And so what do we wanna cover? How much monthly benefits should I have? How much protection should I have in place should I become sick or hurt? It may just be, as mentioned before, the minimum, the mug, mortgage, utilities, groceries, or if you're early in your career and invested quite a bit of money in obtaining your professional skills, it may be, hey, I don't want to not be able to do what I was trained to do, so I'm going to get the maximum coverage that I can get with all the bells and whistles. And so we have a variety of um, different desires from different clients that we work with. It could be minimum, it could be, hey, I, I want the maximum, I want lifetime benefits. There are a variety of of, of designs that are available. And when will my benefits start? Or how soon will I need my benefits? 30, 60, 90 days. We typically design long-term disability policies, probably 90% are, are set with a 90-day waiting period. So that first three months, somebody that has disability should plan for having sufficient liquidity leading up to when their benefits would start. Uh, the other common or less common elimination or waiting period would be 180 days. And so sometimes as, as professionals that we work with accumulate more wealth and have more liquidity later in the career, we can even move it out to 365 days. And so how long do I want my benefits to last? We can, I, I see nothing wrong with a Having a policy, if, if premium and cost was a, was a great concern, we certainly can have a two-year benefit. Having two years worth of benefits that perhaps is 50% or 80% of your, your income currently is, is vastly better than having nothing for any period of time. So 
we would encourage people to not just look at the top of the line longest benefit period and really get sticker shock from the cost of it we'd encourage those that may be resistant to discussing this topic to even look at a two-year benefit how would how much would that help me if i received five or ten thousand per month for two years i i would argue that'd be a, a vastly different situation than having no coverage and how will my benefits keep pace with inflation? So COLA, it stands for cost of living adjustment. So when benefits start, are they indexed with the cost of living? Because if, if that $10,000 per month benefit was indexed with 3% growth or inflation, that benefit would increase by $300 in the first year and then compound by that in subsequent years. do i want the policy to keep pace with my earnings we can build in provisions in a policy that oh my i'm sorry there we can build in provisions in a policy that allow the insured to increase their benefits when their incomes rise without underwriting so the fio that you see there stands for future increase option and there's no medical underwriting because um, I certainly know that my medical records look different than they did when I was 25 versus 49. Um, so uh, things change and you can't, it, you know, getting this type of insurance isn't a right, it's a privilege. So our past medical history plays into that. So the future increase option rider is, is one we look at very often. And so if we look at the next item is occupation protection. So many of the, the, the attendees on this may be in a, a very specific profession. Maybe it's a dental profession. Um, we don't want to have a policy that would not pay benefits if we could do any other job. We want a policy that's going to protect us for our job, which is a dentist. So if we couldn't be a dentist, but perhaps we could be a dental consultant, perhaps some other form that even, even is related to your industry and education and training, we do not want your benefits to be offset if you are ambitious enough and lucky enough to transition through a disability and be able to transition into something else and be successful at it. And then the next item is not all, not all disabilities are total. So there are many cases, a lot of cases, probably 60% of our claims are partial claims where perhaps you, you can't do your job for entirely for a period of time, but when you return to work, you, you are just slower at what you do. And so it's very important to evaluate the differences in the contracts in the market as it relates to partial disability benefits. And so I know that Jake is very well versed in this topic. Uh, we've, we've had numerous conversations about it. So I would encourage you, this is one of the most important topics, especially for dentists to examine further uh, because there are different policies that are available from very reputable companies that just may not pay the way that you had hoped they'd pay. And so examining partial disability riders is really important. And then premium payment issues. So 
waiver of premium, if somebody is sick or hurt and on claim and receiving benefits from their policy, the policies that are placed are, are contain a waiver of premium uh, provision. So you don't owe premiums while you're receiving benefits. And then there are some companies that actually waive the premium for six to 12 months after upon recovery. Student loans, this is a big one, a hot topic. And one that um, you know is, is very pressing for younger people coming out of training or school. And so the, the, the wonderful thing that came out five or six years ago is companies started offering student loan protection riders. And those are extremely popular with the young professionals that we work with. And what, the way that this works is the, the student loan payments would be reimbursed up to for most companies, 2,500 per month and as long as 15 years. And so that's a topic that comes up quite often with our younger people. And then the other rider would be the catastrophic rider. So in the event that somebody is catastrophically disabled, meaning the loss of two activities of daily living or a cognitive impairment, there are benefits that we can add to a policy that pay additional benefits on top of the base policy benefit. And so those are just a few things. I know that's a lot of details and I don't want to uh, dig into the uh, technical technicalities of each of these, but what I would do is encourage you to reach out to Jake. He's very well versed in going through each of these, but I would encourage you to give these some consideration and examination with the help of Jake and looking at uh, considering applying. And so why apply? Applying when you're younger or healthier uh, to receive lower premiums and to guarantee the right amount of coverage. Help protect your future income and cover your worst threats first. The worst threats, the greatest financial threat is income going to zero or income going down because that is our greatest asset, as we saw in the first slide. So thank you for your time. I know this was a lot of information, but I think important information, probably in my opinion, as, as far as the financial products world goes, the first step to take out of the gates as a professional. And um, I thank you for your time. I encourage you to reach out to Jake. Have a wonderful week.